Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. March morning, form thy mists to swathe me within, and when I am beswathed and beswooned, lead me to a break in the clouds, and bring forth a strike of sun and the promise of summer hence. Bring it joy or sorrow, nor friendship nor loss, nor findings nor togetherness. Bring with it the moon underwater. Gathered here in the moon underwater, welcome, folks, to a tavern beyond words expression. And I, John Robbins, am the landlord of said tavern, the tavern where we invite guests every week to create the pub of their mind within our minds and yours. It's a delightful March day here in the moon underwater with the first hints of things better to come, even though the other realm is all at sixes and sevens. But I tell you, who's my eights? <laughs> when I'm at sixes and sevens, my nailed-on eight is the lovely Robin Allender, and here he sits with a grin on his face, but, I must say, a little sniffle on the nose. Robin. Yeah, yes, John, I was going to say you, could, you can add an 11 to that 8 because it's 19 of the COVID variety. That uh, Oh dear. Yes, I've been struck, been befallen and stricken. Robin is stricken with two red lines painted across his forehead in lamb's blood. Beautifully thick lines. I had beautifully thick lines on my tests, I've got to say. Yeah, I you, you sent me um, a photogram of your <laughs> thick red lines. Yes. And what was extraordinary, as someone who's never double-lined, because just between us, Rob, I'm not really 
I'm not really fussed about getting COVID, so I'm not going to bother. <laughs> but the the test line was twice the thickness of the sort of other line. It's a real relief to know that you've been doing the tests right all along. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Am I sticking it far up my conk enough? Is it going far enough in my gob enough? Yeah, gob yes, and conk. Yes. <laughs> Robin. Yes. It's obviously in the correct realm. We don't have disease unless nostalgia is a disease, which it is. <laughs> yeah, for which there is no cure. For which there is no cure. And I would, I would actually say that time travel, I don't think, would cure nostalgia. No, it would make it worse. It would make it worse. Because you'd see yourself and be yourself. And that would be the worst possible outcome. Well, it depends how you want to time travel. Do you want to time travel like, uh, say, Marty McFly, when you can go back and watch yourself? Or do you want to time travel like Sam Beckett in Quantum Leap, where you kind of inhabit yourself or other people? I'd want to quantum leap it. I would not want to watch a second of footage of me in the past. (laughs) No, absolutely right about that. But obviously, because we have to travel back and forth between the other realm and this correct realm, you're liable to pick up bugs, coughs and sneezes. And Robin has has picked up the ultimate cough and sneeze. (laughs) So uh, we've got a, a sort of, it's not a plastic screen between me and Robin. It's more like a hardening of the air. Yes. Am I saying that right? Hard air. It's like solid air, like the John Martin album. Actual air. It's actual solid air that John Martin, in many ways, predicted with his album. (laughs) But I don't think he ever dreamt that it would be used to protect me from uh, your viri. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, So, Robin, I'd like to wish you all the best in your recovery. Thank you. But... I, I do smell, I think you got to the moon underwater a little bit before me and prepared yourself a potion. I do smell a hot toddy on the horizon. Yes, I'm in, in with the hot toddlies again. Lem sip and whiskey and honey. Superb. As I've said before, I, I think it just might be my drink from now on. Yeah. You know. Just take the sachet of lem sip with you to the pub. Yeah. <laughs> Robin, I will give you a shiny guinea... If you can tell me what I'm drinking in three guesses. Um, can I see it? Okay. It's orange. It's orange drink with a white foaming head. I want to say now, it's a wild stab in the dark. You know, sometimes on Wordle you go for a wild stab. Yeah. Even if it's got doubles. Yeah. Even if it's a plural. I'm going for a wild stab here and saying Boddington's. Wow! Robin, there's a shiny <laughs> guinea coming your way. <laughs> That's amazing. You have absolutely hit the Boddington's bullseye. That's extraordinary. That must be a kind of like COVID-19. It like, you know, it does so much damage to your body, but you also get a little bit of like kind of mental insight somehow, like a side effect that's good of COVID. Like I can see into the future or something like that. Do you want to tell the listeners whether that insight extended to uh, your stab in the dark on today's word? (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, man. I had a nightmare. <laughs> today's... Can I tell them? Yeah, go on. So today's Wordle... Well, this is there's no spoiler because you've already seen it. So today's Wordle was the word month, M-O-N-T-H. Yeah. And, uh, when, and that was the only real option. Uh, and Robin guessed Monty. <laughs> <laughs> I did guess Monty. But, but the thing is, I was working out the letters available and I thought, okay... 
I haven't used O yet. I haven't used M yet. Like, I know there's a T or something like that. And so I was, so I, I was just sort of drafting. So M-O-N-T. And I put Monty in. I don't know, <laughs> just to see how it would look. And I pressed yeah. enter, just thinking, well, it's not going to accept it. But I just want to... I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of in the habit of trying out combinations of letters and pressing enter because I know it won't accept it. But then you, you've got to remember... You got to remember Colk the other day, C A U L K. That was yeah. that was just through process of elimination and checking in loads of random letters. But it was just but what, it was my own fault, Monty. Yeah. But using using the actual Wordle submission form to do your drafts is quite a baller <laughs> move. It is, but you know you got to think. I've got COVID. I'm just going to blame COVID for everything good and bad. Well, imagine if it had been Monty. Well, it could have been Monty. Apparently, it's on the word list. Yeah. It would have been an odd word for them to choose. Yeah. Monty. <laughs> but uh, Monty, yeah, that's funny. Anyway, yes, I'm drinking Boddington's because I went, to, I've had a quite a, well, I've had three days off booze. Well done. Which was a, a crown necessity. And um, I went to the, I went to Tesco and I was just like, you know, when just nothing was going to scratch my itch like a Boddington's. I think there's a real place for it in modern. I like Britain. Boddington's. It's been chosen on. Whoa, there we go. Here comes another. Here comes another. It's been cho- chosen a few times. It was the colour of it and it was the foaminess of it that that keyed it for me. Well, I think the thing with Boddington's is it it works so well out of a can. It's got a widget in it, so it's a bit like a sort of can version of having a sparkler. And I think more ales should have widgets in the cans. Yes, I do prefer an ale from a can than sometimes an ale from a bottle. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I mean, it's nice sometimes, like, I get a Wainwrights or a Black Sheep in, but it's just not the same, is it? Well, they do do cans of Wainwrights, but annoyingly, my local Tesco is only stocking, you know, some slightly undesirable ales in cans. Mm. Anyway, I need to give a huge thank you I, I received a very special mist this week, Robin. Oh, great. And the, mi- <laughs> the mist just formed outside my front door into a box of wine. Oh. As in, not, not a box of wine, a box containing bottles of wine. And the wonderful folks at the Wine Society had heard our episode with Phil Wang. Really? Yeah, and they sent me three of the wines we discussed. Oh, amazing. Does this mean you've been invited to one of the secret wine drinking sessions? I have not yet been invited (laughs) to one of the secret wine drinking sessions, Robin, but I think it is only a matter of time. Yeah. So first off, they sent me one of Phil's actual choices, which is the Chateau Moussard. Oh, yeah. uh, Which is the Lebanese red wine that he chose. And then, very kindly, based on a conversation, they sent me two other wines they thought I might like, which Ooh. is uh, the Dog Point Vineyard Sauvignon Blanc. Amazing. And, let's see if I can get my lips around this, the Reichsgraf von Kesselstadt Mosel Gold Tropfschen Riesling Cabinet. That sounds deeply up your street. Robin, could you just describe the colour of that bottle? Oh, that's... um. It's a beautiful green, almost like the bays of a snooker table. But it's... its I don't know if it's... It's, it's like the green of the green squares on a Monopoly board. It's, re, it's Regent, Regent's Park. And it's, well, do you know what, Robin? It's, it's not. Okay. Um, <laughs> let me see if I can... 
Let me see if I can better, because we've got this screen of solid air between us is the problem. Yeah. Let me shine a light through it. Okay. That's nice. It's lighter then. It's lighter. It's got a bluish tint to it. Okay. Yes, I'm seeing that now. It's more turquoise. No, it's not turquoise. That's a little rubbish. I'm talking out my ass. It's a bit like, you know, when you see a washed up, smooth shard of glass on a beach that's like a pebble. Yeah. It's like that, but they've turned it into a bottle. That's great. And I have to say, the Wine Society, (laughs) this Reichsgraf von Kesselstadt Mosel Gold Tropfchen Riesling Cabinet. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Doesn't roll off the tongue, but it does roll on the tongue. tongue, Down the old gullet and into the old stomach and veins. And then out your willy. (laughs) (laughs) This lasted... I would say 80 minutes. Fucking hell. And I gobbled it. Is it sweet? Yes. Well, it's it's sweet, but it's it's got character. There was a, someone forwarded me a superb article in the Times about, it was something like, is it time to reconsider sweet wines? It's not sweet like sickly. You don't sort of drink it and think, it's not like a dessert wine, but it is media it's a medium wine but it's just got there's a lot of complexity to the flavor it was absolutely delicious so oh it sounds great folks check out what the wine society has to offer they've got yeah. a great website and you can order all kinds of stuff and subscribe to things etc so thank you to them and i'm going to drink that chateau moussard tonight also i can't remember if we've covered this already but someone did tweet in to say you know on the phil wang episode we we're talking about sauvignon blanc and sancerre do you know sancerre is a kind of sauvignon blanc have we covered that i didn't know that yes yes so there we go do you want some other mists because i did sigh for the mists earlier i would absolutely love some mist here we go this mist is from tomos Hello, Landlord John and the regular Robin. On the subject of branded beer glasses, I've recently noticed that the man pictured on the Moretti logo is seen happily drinking from a handled glass. The branded Moretti glass itself, however, is stemmed. This implies to me that the Moretti man is not actually drinking Moretti, which I find to be a strange bit of subliminal advertising. Maybe he does regretty the Moretti. On a slightly related note, I'd also like to give a mention to the wheat sheaf in my partner's hometown of Sirencester, the only place where I've ever seen that corner shop classic Aranjaboom being served on tap and in a branded glass as well. Thanks as ever for the pod, a well-balanced and cellar-cool drop to ease us through the evenings. Yours in pints, or two-thirds of a pint, if there's the option. Love that. Lovely mist. I like it when you see unusual beers which you don't normally see in pubs. Yes, there is actually a Dutch bar in central London, which I think do Boom on draft. It's sort of a Dutch sports bar. Right. There was a, where I used to work in Bristol, I, I love this Italian lager, Menabrea, and I've never mm. seen it on tap, apart from this cafe, a little Italian cafe opposite where I used to work in Bristol, but the cafe closed at five. Oh my God. It was so, it was like, a, it was like, always just out of reach. <laughs> yeah. It was just always, but in a way, maybe that's good that it was always out of reach and I could never fulfill that desire. Like something almost being drunk. <laughs> <laughs> didn't uh, hang on we've yeah. been somewhere where there was menabrea on tap didn't they have it on tap at renato's in bristol maybe they did i remember once being in renato's and carrying a tray full of drinks and i spilt 
a pint in the tray and then tried to drink it from the tray. <laughs> Don't do that. It was horrible. Renato's, though, what a place. Brilliant what a pizzas. place. Um, Unlike anywhere else I've ever been, Renato's. Yeah, it's quite magical. Here we go from another mist from Elizabeth Hood. London epic pub crawls. Do you, so do you remember we asked for suggestions for pub crawls? I wanted to chip in with some of the London pub crawls I have undertaken. These were all devised by my eldest brother who loved mapping them out and had a strict timetable. And if you think about the amount of pubs in some of them, this was entirely necessary. In brackets after the title are the number of pubs in the crawl. So this is A to Z is the first one. Pub name has to begin with a letter of the alphabet and they were in orders. 26, you can't do 26 pubs. You just cannot do 26 pubs. You could do it if you st- if you started at eleven in the morning and finished at eleven in the evening and had a half in each. You could, but I I I think you'd enjoy the achievement more than the experience. You'd have to do non-alcoholic drinks and halves and things. Yeah, but then I, also, I think, what are you, you going to do for Z? Well, it it begs the question: Why do the pub crawl? Because surely part of a pub crawl isn't just like a sort of a statistical achievement. It is actually enjoying the pubs. Yeah, this one, the next one I really like, Deck of Cards. Pub name had to contain the number or name of each card in the deck in order, so 13. So that's quite hard. So aces and eights, crown and two chairmen, three goat's heads. Yeah, seven stars. Four kings, five... uh, five, Seven stars you've got. Five five big big geese. (laughs) uh, The six stockbrokers, seven stars... Aces and eights. Again. Nine. Nine bells are ringing. Number nine. Maybe there's like a club called number nines or something. Um, Ten. The tent. The tent. I think that's where you'd come unstuck with that one. It's a great concept, though. But does the... Sorry, what's the uh, listener's name? Elizabeth. Does Liz, does Elizabeth <laughs> mispronounce <laughs> name twice? This careful with the Boddingtons. Does Elizabeth give the pubs in question? No. Oh come on, Liz. <laughs> this one's good though. I like this. Cluedo. This is ten pubs. Pubs with names that contain the rooms on the board. So that's good. You got library. Study. Where could there must be a study somewhere? Well, the good thing about this is you could sort of you could do this in any big city, couldn't you? Yeah. Or attempt it. And this one, for my 30th birthday, no set names, but it started at Angel up to Canterbury, and that was trying to do 30 pubs. I did actually think that when I was when I turned 40, or that was during the lockdown, I thought it might be fun it, throughout December to try and go to 40 pubs, which is very achievable, really. Yeah, that's very doable. But I, li- I, I do like the, the um, card game one. That's my favourite. Yeah, but I think you'd, I think that is hard with the numbers. Well, obviously, Queen and King is going to be an embarrassment of riches. It is, yeah. Aces and eights, though, you could knock off both the ace and the eight. Yeah. Would you have two drinks there? Uh, no. Okay. Oh, you'd have a drink and a shot. Okay. Well, lovely. And Elizabeth ends her email. Doing all these, there were no repetitions, which means that which means that just by completing these, I have visited eighty-seven pubs in London. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I do love my nephew and niece. Of course, he is now a dad of two, so it's all stopped. But they were such great fun. So that's really yeah. It does all stop when they have kids. Doesn't it? <laughs> Elizabeth, please, can you let us know what the twenty-six pubs on the alphabet one were, and what the experience of going to them was like? I mean, that's going to be a hell of an email. 26 paragraphs. Well, no, not each of them. I want 
I want a list of 26 and I also want the broad, just a one paragraph about the experience. And I want that in by next week, Elizabeth. Okay? Yeah. No extensions. Well, I wonder if they did it over two days. They must have done. You can't do 26 pubs in a day. Well, anyway, we shall find out. Thank you so much for that mist. Folks, if you have missed just dying to burst from your clouds, uh, then send it to john at moonunderpod.com. Robin will cipher it. We'll read it out. Big thank you to the Wine Society for the, for this evening's fair. And uh, a reminder that if you want to support this podcast, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash moonunderpod or, in fact, moonunderpod.com itself. Uh, we wish you so well in these troubled times. And we hope you can find succour and harbour and rest in some form of publy realm near your own self. I, I think that's clear. <laughs> and uh, and I'm sorry if my voice has kind of given you COVID just from the way it sounds. I'm kind of worried about that. No, it sounds quite beautiful, actually, Robin. I sound like Chris Rear. You sound like Chris Ray. Yeah. He's Chris friend, Ray. Friend at school used to call him Chris Ray. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. I remember today that guy at university called Michael Jackson Mike Jackson. Oh, yeah, Mike Jackson. Who's <laughs> uh, actually, wasn't he the head of the army? General Sir Mike Jackson. Uh, anyway, folks, we do wish you well. And I need to tell you what, I need to get rid of this solid air. Well, no, actually, I need to increase the solid air around Robin uh, in order that our guest is protected from his his own droplets and his own load. So I'll just sort that out right now. Uh, See you back here very soon. Robin, before our guest comes, can I get you a drink, mate? Yes, please, yes. What would you like? What would you like? I'll have uh, two pairs of pints. Two (laughs) pairs of pints, is it now? Yes. Oh, and I shall have one from the top and any other four, please, Carol. Yep, lovely. That's that's from Nathan Barley, isn't it? Two pairs of pints. Is it really? I can't pass it off as my own. Well, why not pass it off as your own? Okay, I'll pass it off as my own. Yeah, proof if proof be need be that you are a very honest man. Yes. And to be honest as this world goes, to be one man picked out of 10,000. That's nice, Speaking of one man picked out of 10,000, can you see the helmsmen are on the march outside, Robin? Yes, yeah, they're tiptoeing by. Yeah, their shields gleaming in the uh, midday sun. And I, I mean... I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. I think it's about ten thousand of them. Oh right. Uh, accompanying what I assume is either a dignitary to the correct realm or this week's guest or a little bit of both. Uh, but they are making their way in various formations, sort of interchanging between diamond shapes and battle squares. I would say, and then a lovely fleur de lis. Yeah. And a nice lo- lozenge shape as well. Yeah, love a fleur-de-lis, love a lozenge. Um, but at their centre, as uh, the 5,000th helmsman now passes the front door, at their centre, raised up on a sedan chair, which I think is befitting, is this week's guest. And they're setting him down on the curbside and laying out 
many velvets for him to walk over to the door. It's really, they really have pulled out all the stops, I have to say. Uh, so I can't wait to see who it is. And in walks to the moon underwater, the one and only Mr. Josh Widdicombe. Hello, Josh. Hello. What a lovely entrance. Well, yeah, I mean, it probably cost about 500 grand. Yes, but I, I think you've got to make you've got to make a kind of point, haven't you, when you arrive? Yeah, I mean that's that's if we're paying each helmsman five quid each, so it could be it could be into the millions. Mm. Yes, yes. Was, the, was was your intro there kind of an allusion to uh, who do you think you are, John, or, or was it were you just freestyling? <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> No, I hadn't even thought that it was. But thank you, Robin, for bringing that up. Um, because you're a king. Are you a king? Am I right in thinking you're some form of king? As, as good as, as good as. I'm the f- direct fifteenth generation direct descendant of uh, Henry VIII and um, Mary Boleyn, who uh, had a child out of wedlock. So does that mean you're also related to Danny Dyer? Uh, yeah, slight, uh, more or less. Uh, he's not direct. That's all oh, I'm I saying. see. He's not direct inject. No. Is he by marriage? Uh, oh, I don't know. No, like by cousin or something like that. Okay. Well, that's no good. We 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 don't want him in here. We don't no. want anyone sneaking oh, into be, the oh, royal Oh, mate, he'd be a superb guest. Actually, that's a good point. In, in many ways, it's a shame now that, that people are having to listen to me thinking about what a good episode Danny Dyer would have been. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've just written down the words Danny Dyer. I did see the right <laughs> yeah, 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 I do tend to write down everything that comes into my mind. Uh, so, Josh, would you like to pull up a little pew? We could maybe sit at this this bay window table in the in the midday sun. I'm really into the midday sun here. Mm. It's a beautiful, beautiful day outside. Um, Josh, what can I get for you, mate? Um, is this my first? This isn't my first choice, is it? Oh no, this is just what you want to drink now. Oh, what I want to drink now? Uh, do you know what, Rob? I'm going to have. Rob Inns, I'm gonna have a tea. Ooh. Are you really? Yeah, because I because I don't want to I don't want to impinge on any of my choices. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, mm, that's sure, a good sure. point. I don't I don't, don't want to show my cards too early. Do you want a bit of a nip in your tea? A little bit of a little bit of a dribble from the back shelf. Yeah, why not? Why yeah. not? Surprise me. What would you put in there? Do you oh, know what? whiskey? Do you know what? I'll have a hot chocolate. Robins with uh with I'll have an alcoholic hot chocolate. Oh, that sounds nice. It does sound nice. Um, with a Bailey's. Oh yeah, oh, that sounds good. Okay, so it's a Bailey's hot chocolate for Josh. Mm. It's tea with whiskey in for John. And Robin, you've got a pair of pints, haven't you? Yeah, two okay, pairs of pints. Two pairs of pints. Great stuff. Uh, well, here we go. Now, Josh, I have to say, I've had some experience of your. Yeah, I know it's a worry, isn't it? Your drinking abilities. No, it's not worry at all. I'm about to pay you an enormous compliment. Well, and just an observation that you have one of the most sort of unique drinking staminas that I've ever witnessed. <laughs> and you, I mean, because you, you're not a, you're not a tall guy. You're not a, you're not a sort of thick set. So one would expect perhaps your tolerance to be slightly restricted. However, what happens when you drink is you get sort of very drunk quite quickly. Yeah. But then you stay there for hours and hours and hours. Yes. So you sort of get, I would say, four pint, five pint drunk. And on pint 10, you're still that giddy level of excited and enthusiastic. Yes. But there seems to be no, like... Just nothing after that sort of fourth pint really affects you in any way. 
I, I go into cruise control like on the motorway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I I wonder whether it's an energy thing because I, I I am so excited about drinking at the start because if I go out and I, I what I mean I see drinking as a as a almost entirely social activity. Yeah, like that is that is how I drink. Like I don't I never drink at home. Like I uh, with um. Of an evening, I would never have a drink. So I associate the taste of alcohol almost with party. Yes. And not as in a party, but as in the concept of party. Yeah. And so I'm giddy and I'm excited. I think that accelerates me through the first few pints mm. faster than everyone else. But usually I, I have friends who, you know, I would see that happening and think, oh, we're going to lose him. Or he's going to get very, very sloppy. He's, he's on a different page. What are we talking about? Are we talking about quantity or duration? Or both? Well, both. Because I've, you know, I've been out on nights out with Josh where, you know, everyone's drinking continuously for sort of four or five hours. Mm. And yet Josh is the same after hour one and pint three. Right. As he, well, I'll say pint four. So what Robbins, what Robbins is, is dancing around is after one hour, I'm annoying. <laughs> but, but after five hours, I'm actually the best person around. So <laughs> the, way, the way it works is I'm a constant and everyone yeah. else is going like that, if you see what well, I mean. It's more, it's more that you, you know when you're drinking with someone and you're like, oh, say they've had two pints before they've met up with you and it's like they're on a different page. It's like Josh is on that different page, but then he stays on that page as you read ahead. As you read ahead. Yes. Yeah. Which is often how I feel with a book as well. <laughs> <laughs> drift off and have to repeat the same page. I, I think a good pintsman or woman can withstand, the, <laughs> can withstand the slump. Is, can, can Josh, can you do that? You know, say if you start quite early and then it gets to after a couple of pints and people are like really flagging. Can you kind of plateau over that slump what i would say on that is i have to keep going so i have to maintain i have to maintain energy like um he's like a shark yeah yeah it's, it's like a, it, I have to keep it's moving like, or the the thing about smelling blood in water yeah what i'll keep those? moving yeah 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 um in the i if i drink in the day i have to I couldn't say go for a meal and then carry on. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't do anything like that. I if I it, once I'm on on the lash, I think that's it. I'm stuck with that. Otherwise, it's bad. It's that or bad. Like a roller coaster. Yeah, you, I you can't, can't get, off. get off in the sense of I can't go. I'm gonna go. Why don't we? Go? So, Robbins, you're a big fan of going for an Indian. Yeah. Whereas your your lash or burst. Yeah, I'm lash or That would hit me like a sledgehammer. So you're saying you'd skip tea? Oh, mate, of to course. To stay on the lash? Of course. Really? Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, I would skip, <laughs> skip tea. Is that your mate? <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I, I do tend to see a curry as the end of the lash. Right, okay, I, yeah. I very rarely... I can carry on after a curry. Can you? Yeah, you can, but should you? No. So, so this is another thing. I can't drink with food. Yeah, I have a similar problem. If if I go for an Indian or even a meal, I'll order a pint and I'll be drinking it the moment the food comes. I can't, my body can't 
do play those two games at the same time. Yeah. So the the pint sits flattening next to yeah. a beautiful, <laughs> yeah. beautiful yeah. booner. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? I've, I've got this thing which is just so blindingly obvious that's only occurred to me recently, which is that I associate going for a curry with never being able to finish my meal. Do you? And it's just so clear yeah. that it's because I have three or four pints of kingfisher while I'm there. And I've never put two and two together. And it, nev- it never changes my behaviour. You- I ne- I'll never learn. <laughs> I've, I've, seen, I've seen Robin with the very best of intentions of avoiding this exact problem as he walks into a curry house, as he sits down, as the waiter arrives, and then immediately ordering a kingfisher, naan, rice, bhaji, yeah. tuna. It's just something sort of clicks in your mind. It really does, yeah. I just go into an autopilot. Oh, yeah. So, Josh, if the pub to you or sort of drinking is 100% social, what would your dream venue for it be like, your your dream pub? So I I think it's seasonal. I like the one of the reasons I uh, love living in Britain is I I love the seasons. Oh, I, <laughs> I love I, it. <laughs> I get bored of so the thought of living somewhere where it's always hot, I have no interest in. I'm, I'm someone who's easily bored, and the seasons for me, they are the perfect length. When I'm tiring of a season, the next one comes along at exactly the <laughs> right time. It's perfectly timed. And I think drinking is such a seasonal activity. It's, and the, the two main ones are, of course, I adore the, uh, the warm pub in the build-up to Christmas. Maybe, may, I mean, in your head, maybe you've done some Christmas shopping and you're going in for a pint afterwards. Like it. Yeah, like it. and, you know, they've got the Christmas decorations up and it's all wooded and it's like, um, you know, that kind of pub. Maybe, you know, in your head, there's there's the fire, all that kind of thing. Maybe you're having a mulled wine. I'm a hugely nostalgic and romantic person, which obviously is why this podcast appeals to me. <laughs> and, and, so, and I think I see when I'm drinking, I see that side of me in that you, you know, you're you're picturing that kind of dream pub in the winter, and in the summer, I adore the the beer gardens, the the drinking outside, the drinking in the sun, that feeling of. I mean, do you know Exeter at all? I don't know if you know yes, Exeter. Yes, a little bit. Yeah. So there's, and bear with me here, because the sentence starts um, worryingly, but there's a Weatherspoons in Exeter called the Imperial. Oh, it's massive. Yeah, the Imperial. That's yeah. an old church that uh, has a huge stained glass window. It really shouldn't be owned by Weatherspoons. Yeah. That, that kind of building. It's one of the biggest buildings I've ever been to. Yeah. Second to Ceausescu's Palace in Bucharest. <laughs> yeah, which is... Which a, could also be a great Weatherspoons. Yeah, that's, too, a, yeah. That's, a, that's an autumn place to drink, yeah. Ceausescu's Palace. <laughs> and, um, and so that was somewhere we'd go a lot in sick form. And I remember, like, drinking out on the grass. There's a lovely big grass area. And I remember drinking after, you know, getting our results or drinking after um, maybe the exams, all that kind of stuff. And that, so beer garden, I don't mean like cramped up awful beer garden at the back of a pub in London when there's a yard and you're kind of struggling to fit in because there's not enough space in London. But drinking in the sun or drinking in a warm kind of snug pub in winter are the two kind of things that I picture. Nice. Josh, given that your ideal pub is sort of almost four seasons in one day, mm. is there an argument that it's going to be a crowded house? <laughs> really <laughs> nice. Pub- public yeah. house? 
and your yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, I, good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> I, I, but I think what 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 do you do in spring and autumn? That 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 leaps mm. to mind. Yes. Well, I I they they're my favourite seasons. Spring, spring and autumn. autumn. Yeah, because I enjoy anticipation and build up more than I enjoy actual fact. Nice. I, yes. Christmas Eve is better than Christmas Day, for instance. I feel like, and so spring and autumn are the feeling of excitement for what is to come. So autumn yeah. is the nights closing in. So when you go to the pub in autumn, you're imagining, you're almost living the the winter pub. And when you're going to the pub in spring, those first few times you go to the pub in spring are the most exciting because the sun is here. You're, you're, you're nostalgic almost in the other way around because you're, you're sort of almost nostalgic for what's to come. I am, um, yeah, I'm romantic about every moment that I'm not currently living. Yeah. So you sort of you're much more of a Good Friday person than an Easter Sunday person. You get really giddy on Good Friday. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Maundy Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. End of the tax year. Yes, of course. Well, tax Taxmas Eve. Yeah. Which do accountants Eve. celebrate on Taxmas Eve? No, they're having a fucking nightmare, aren't they? Yeah, they're absolutely to, yeah. absolutely rushed off their f's. Um, What's that? Oh, feet, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Brushed off their fucks. (laughs) Hello, we have this superb podcast called We Didn't Start the Fire, the only podcast started by Billy Joel. It is the most original, fascinating and random way to learn the story of the 20th century. Oh, pretty darned random. And we are joined by some pretty incredible guests. I only wrote stuff that I wanted to hear. If it turned out to be a hit, it was pure dumb luck. With me, Katie Puckrick. And me, Tom Fordyce. This is We Didn't Start the Fire, the only podcast started by me, Billy Joel. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Are you going to create a pub that works both in summer's eve and winter's eve? Well, I think I thought I was, but then I went through my choices and I think this is a summer pub choice-wise. Oh, nice. But I, I that's unintentional. I just went through my choices and then I looked and I was like, there's a lot more there for the summer drinker 
than the winter drinker. Oh, well, let's find out what. Uh, so what have you got on draft? Okay. So I'm going to open with my safer option because I don't want to get... I don't want to lose the listener too early doors. <laughs> so just a solid, great Peroni on draft, right? Ooh, I, you've, okay. lost one, you've lost one listener. Yeah, well, <laughs> His name's the lovely Robin. <laughs> <laughs> well, i tell you why. Because I want a straightforward lager. I, for years, I'd say from the year, ages of 15 to 36, I mean now being 38, I was a, a diehard of commercial lager. The, com- <laughs> the, the commercial straightforward lager. And basically, so what I should say on this point is, I won't make a pretense that I'm a very good... I have a very... With both food and drink, I have a very, very amateur palate. I don't, I, you know when people get... You'll have food... You'll eat with someone who knows a lot, or you'll drink with someone who knows a lot, and they can... I can't... If you sat me down and actually made me do a taste test of food or drink, I'd really struggle. I am... Um, really? Yeah. But I think that's probably less of an issue in, in the lager world. No, because, exactly. Because part of its appeal is the fact that it tastes relatively generic, would you say, exactly. Rob? Totally. Yes, yeah, I agree. I think that's fair. I think, though, the funny thing is, like, John, John and I went to this Italian restaurant last week, which is quite posh, and they did did the whole wine thing, you know, where the guy, <laughs> the guy was quite sommelier-esque, you know, and was you, you tasting the wine first, and because of that, all all that theatre around it, yeah, your your kind of your taste experience of it is different. But we were talking about the fact that it's probably just quite a cheap bottle of white wine. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the thing with this restaurant was it was the food was sort of pretty reasonably priced for sort of central London. So the pizzas were sort of. 14, 15 quid. People outside of London are going, what the F? (laughs) The cheapest bottle of wine on their menu was £47. Whoa! (laughs) It's extraordinary. Did they have have lager? Yes, they had Menabrea, which I love. Menabrea is lovely. But um, I suppose my point is I sort of made myself enjoy it more because it was more expensive, which is mad. Yeah, no, (laughs) totally. Totally. Well, I... I, do you remember? I was thinking about this the other day, actually. The oh, I tell you, what I was thinking about it because uh, you were talking, John, about the um, guy who'd rebranded Stella. Oh yeah, Pete Brown. Yeah, Pete Brown. And I was uh, thinking about the adverts for Stella Artois when when I was a child, where it was reassure that it was an incredible advertising campaign where the the selling point was that it was expensive. Yeah. The, the the slogan was reassuringly expensive, and each advert was based around a kind of maybe like and there was one where like a, a like in a French pub in the middle of nowhere in the olden days, a guy goes in and he wants a pint, and he's a flower seller, and he goes to give them some flowers. That's Stella Artois. And he has to give them all his flowers. That was the kind of oh, premise yeah, of the yeah. kind of... You had to piece, to, you know, scrimp and save to get a pint, wasn't that yeah, the concept yeah. that was going on? Yeah. And, um, sorry, I don't know why I said that, but that, that's the same thing. It's that kind of feeling of... And I, I wonder if, really, if I'm honest with myself, is the reason I've chosen Peroni because it's the most expensive one, <laughs> so I think it must be the best one. Is it that... In the same way that I think a lot of my lager choices are really informed by how Mediterranean the name is. You know, so <laughs> yeah. so I, I, if, if I'm presented with a, a font of commercial lagers, is font the right word? I think it is, isn't it? The thing, the, the different drafts of commercial lagers. 
I'll invariably think that, say, and I don't, I've got no basis for this, that Amstel is somehow superior to... Superbook. Yes, because yeah. it's... But that's, that's absolutely... And that's what, surely, everyone does that with wine labels. Yes. Like the, if it looks nice, you're, you're more likely to buy it. Well, this is, the, this is, I mean, the absolute heart of branding. You know, it's, it, you're, you're not selling a product, you're selling a feeling or an aspiration. So, yeah, if I'm, if I'm faced with two wines in a shop and I can't choose, I'll just choose the one that looks like it tastes nicer, but it can't, nothing <laughs> can possibly look like it tastes nicer. <laughs> my, my issue with Peroni is, I think, I'll have one if I'm in a Pizza Express. But those big pint glasses, they just look like a headache in a glass, I think. I've written that down as one of my positives. (laughs) (laughs) I love the tall glasses. I absolutely love the tall Peroni glasses. And the other thing with Peroni is whenever it's like Lawrence Fox or someone like that. Oh, no. You know, during lockdown and the pubs reopen, it's like, yes, I can go back to a pub and hang out with my mates without a bloody mask. You could you could bet a million pounds he's drinking one of those big pints of Peroni. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Always it is one of those big Peronis. But you know what, mate? We had a lovely drink. <laughs> we put the world to rights. Yeah. I just thought of another lager that I really... The lager that I drank most, really, when I was in my early 20s was was Sam Smith's Man in the Box uh, oh, lager. Oh, was it? What yeah. was that? Is that, what, in London or in Exeter? In in Manchester and then in London. So in Manchester, there's a bar called the Oyster Bar, uh, which is in central Manchester. Uh, I don't know if you know Manchester very well, but there's like this place called the Triangle. And the Oyster Bar, Sinclair's Oyster Bar, I think it's called, it's a kind of mock Tudor outdoor, outside. But it's, uh, it's a Sam Smith's right in the centre of Manchester. And I think... I'm ready to be corrected on this by one of your listeners, but I think it got moved brick by brick after being blown up in the 1996 IRA bombing of Manchester. Oh wow! And that's where we used to go when we worked. When I worked at Waterstones, and uh, I didn't have much money at all at that point. I'd just come out of university, and it was very, very reasonable prices and a very nice atmosphere. That kind of winter atmosphere. And then when I moved to London, they were the only places I could afford to drink. So I'd always go to the uh, the Chandos on Trafalgar Square, or there's the is it called the Cheshire Cheese or something on? Yeah, oh, forget that's a uh, Sam Smith. Yeah. Uh, there's one on um, in Hoburn, isn't there? The Princess Louise. I used to go to all of those pubs because they were the only ones I could afford to kind of properly get drunk at. Well, they've sort of phased out Alpine Lager, aka Have Man they? in a Box. But but I did go to uh, Blue Posts oh, yeah, not- last week. Uh, that does still serve it. Uh, it's two point eight percent. We've mentioned it before. It's a it's a delightful lager. Mm. But I th- but Josh, are you talking about Man in the Box when it was stronger? Yeah, I think I am. I think it was because about- we used to have that one. The Three Goats Heads was a Sam Smith's pubs in Oxford, and they had the Man in the Box, and we used to call it Magic Beer because it would just you'd be absolutely wasted after two or three pints of it. Yeah, I just remember this was my main thing that I don't remember the I just it was basically almost a financial decision. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I'm not painting myself as like with nail and I, but I <laughs> Oh, so 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 sorry. Matt, I've always I think we've probably had this conversation before. I I have mistakenly called their Alpine Lager Man in a Box, but it's not. It's the Ienga Brow Pills that was the man in a box that made you go to space. It was like 5.6% yeah. or something. 
Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So you were going, you were very hefty because uh, the reason I thought as well is because you mentioned it was cheap. Well, Alpine Lager is about £2.80 or something because it's only 2.8%. Okay, okay, okay. So you got Prony. What's your second, perhaps more derigueur choice? Now, this is a big call. Now, to cushion the blow, to tell you, I almost went with uh, Hooch. Oh, nice. Pint of Hooch. Well, bec- mainly because they used to have it on tap in the u- in the union. Wow, and it's the most incredible thing I've ever. You know, when you're like, I still can't believe they had Hooch on tap, and I almost wanted a kind of just to choose that as a kind of memento of this wonderful decision by the Manchester. Well, it wasn't even the union; it was the Owens Park Bar. So it was a bar as part of one of the um, what are they called accommodate. What's that? Halls, so it was one of the halls bars uh, had hooch on tap. Wow, what what was hooch? Hooch was an alcoholic lemonade. So it was it was like one of the first. It was one of the first alcopops when the alcopops came out, and there was the big lots of scare stories about what alcopops are going to do to our youth. I think quite justified. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not, I'm not, not in any way like. But that was the the story. That was hooch and two dogs. I think the other one was at that point, and then. Before they'd been rebranded as kind of WKD and stuff like that. They were literally called Alcoholic Lemonade. They've kind of had a second bite of the cherry as well, because they all got banned or they all went away, and now they're sort of retro drinks for people in their 30s and 40s. But it's just another way of still selling Alcoat Pops to kids. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's... Yeah, when when you got your, like, Copperbergs coming out and everything like that, I mean, that had a fancy label... But that was basically an Alco Pop, really, wasn't it? Well, that's what I come to now. Right? Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> because I have chosen um, Brothers Pear Cider as my oh, second. Nice, nice. As my second uh, draft. Brothers oh, lovely. Pear Cider on That's draft. a real festival drink. Well, isn't you it? say that. My main memory of Brothers Pear Cider is one Glastonbury. They still have the Brothers Stand by. I think it's, it used to be called the Jazz World Stage, and it's been renamed. But because I'm old, I still call it the Jazz World Stage, like I call it the Rumbelows Cup. And um, and the Brothers Pear Cider Stand on the we turned up, and it was Wednesday or the Thursday before Glastonbury starts, and they were selling pints, or they were selling one of those big bottles, the size of a kind of you know like a a big bottle of. Uh, cider that uh, how would you say this without being offensive that you'd buy from a farm you mean like no like a big plastic bottle of cider that you'd um, see (laughs) I can't use the word Uh, let me think of that a a two a two litre bottle of cheap high strength cider yeah so so brothers were selling these on the fraterna and at the from the brothers stand and the first day we just drunk everyone around that stand was totally smashed and then by the second day they'd stopped doing it because i think they thought this is unacceptable <laughs> <laughs> this is not this, yeah. is just, this is just not a way that people can behave i think brothers actually sell pear cider as brothers festival pear do they yeah so you can you can have brothers festival pear cider on draft Oh, I genuinely, I'd, I'd love that, and it's it's a kind of nostalgia thing for me because I it's a great summer drink pair cider. I'm not that into cider. It I don't I don't mind cider, but I think it takes me back too much to 
the period when you're trying to teach yourself to like I, I had a period in my teenage years where you're trying to I was trying to teach myself to like alcohol because I didn't originally like it I liked what it did to me but I didn't like the taste of it and I'd end up drinking lots of strong bar and it strong bar I find makes me kind of heartburny a bit and am I allowed to say stuff like this like am I allowed to slag off brands it sort of almost tastes like reflux yeah it does it does and so but the pear cider it's it's wrong on so many levels. It's it's basically a sweet drink, isn't it? It's basically, it's it's not a kind of um, it's not a purist's choice, but there's something freeing about it. There's no wrong level here at the Moon Underwater, even if every cider fan listening is currently smashing up all their Josh Widdicombe DVDs. <laughs> you are going to be experiencing headache in a glass Peroni and <laughs> Brothers Festival Pear Cider on draft because it's your pub, mate. Yeah, and do you know what? Both of those say summer. They do. Are you going to have the Brothers in the cardboard pint glass? You know, one of those festival... Oh, yes. Why not? Do you know what? Why not? I love the those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That that's great. That's a great call, Robert. I I've gone with that because oh, there's other at Glastonbury, which is I'm a, I adore Glastonbury Festival because I'm from the West Country. I've probably been about mm. I went a lot throughout my life, probably about ten times, and a lot of that early period of going to Glastonbury is that other thing. Of what do you, I'm on a budget? What am I going to drink? All that kind of thing, to the point where you'd bring your own alcohol and you're bringing you know it's an effort and stuff. But I could never drink from, like, the scrumpy stands. or I, I can't deal with a hardcore cider. I just can't do it. And Brothers really is the other end of the spectrum, isn't it? It's a really... Um, it's a low-level introductory drink. It's quaffable. It's sun-kissed. Yeah. It's, it's approachable. It's Brothers. Exactly. I remember once, I think, I went, the last time I went probably was 2009. I think Crosby, Stills and Nash played... But I managed to get four pints of Brothers from the bar back to where we were sitting on the, on what the a hill. Life. What Incredible a life. achievement, really. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's so a- thrilled. I remember that more than the gig. That was, like, <laughs> that was better, you know. <laughs> Klaus! 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 I know we are in the great German rock band Neu, but we need to go to the pub now! Klaus! Was? I want to go to the pub now! Was? Oh mein Gott, Klaus! I'm going to the moon under Wasser! So obviously, in this summer pub, which is just crying out summer with the choices so far, bottles and cans do provide us with more summer options. Uh, what are you going for? Okay, the first one is an absolute uh, summer choice. A summer smash, and that is, I'm going for a uh, whispering angel rose. Mm. Oh, it's second appearance here on the moon underwater. Yeah, was the other person also a kind of 45 year old divorcee? Because <laughs> that's how this does make me feel. Like I'm a kind of. I'm pretty sure it was Dave Berry. Yes, and I tried some that week because it sounded sort of impossibly perfect, and it wasn't. Well, it just. <laughs> didn't quite sit on the side of rosé that I'm into. It was a little bit drier. Right. But I think because he built it up so much, I was expecting to taste heaven. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Rosé, all f- for me, is as light as possible. That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking for. 
as kind of as close to white as possible. Mm. Is the word is the word blush knocking around here, Josh? <laughs> it is if I knew what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. I went on the Whispering Angel Instagram page when I was researching my list, and I genuinely it was it, lots of pictures of bottles of Whispering Angel with that kind of in ice buckets with that kind of uh, dewiness on top mm. of it, and genuinely, I was just like, God, I'm s- just. I, I chucked them a follow. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it makes me excited for summer. It makes me excited for that kind of outdoor feeling, that feeling of, it's drinking in the day. There's something exciting about dr- the freedom of drinking in the day. It's like, I'm going, I am not having a pint before going on something else, but going, it's two o'clock and there's nothing else I have to do today. This is it. And it's sunny. Maybe, for instance, it's an international football tournament. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of feel, I'd say. Well, I've experienced al fresco drinking during an international football tournament at your house. Mm. And one thing that I always remember is because you do so many charity gigs, Josh, because you're a bloody good guy, (laughs) um, slash don't have a choice... (laughs) <laughs> you, you've got an enormous collection of complimentary bottles of champagne that you've been given as a thank you for doing charity gigs. I have, yeah. And it almost, it looks like you're sort of a champagne connoisseur, but you must have had like 30 <laughs> bottles that you've you've taken back home in the little gift bags in Ubers from yep. gigs you've done across the country. <laughs> a, a real, a wonderful inheritance of goodwill. Yes, and I, I find champagne... Too, I, I don't like f- uh, fizzy uh, wine. I, the, the sparkling wine, I suppose, is what you call it, isn't it? Fizzy's probably not the word. I don't but, like um, fizzy. I don't like fizzy. Um, and so so it builds up as well. It builds up. But it, it's, I don't know if you... It's very difficult when you accept a charity gig to go, could I switch in Whispering Angel for yeah, my champagne? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm this, I get lots of sort of craft beers that are too strong for me to drink yeah so i've got an increasing accumulation of like nine percent oatmeal stouts yeah and triple ipas that just sort of gather dust on my beer fridge with with sort of like graffiti art labels (laughs) it's it's the it's an impossible thing a bottle of alcohol that you don't want to drink is still not something you would ever... You still leave it in the house. Yeah, you can't throw it away. There's something where you go, there's going to be an occasion. Yeah. Yeah, someone's going to come round to my house and say, John, I'm just gasping for a 12% barley wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Whispering Angel Rosé is your first choice. Josh, this is just an absolute picnic of booze. What's up next? Um, so this is the most difficult decision I've got. I've actually, I've actually put both my decisions down because I had, I, and I thought I'll settle on it when it comes to it. I might change it now completely. Actually, on on a whim, having discussed that I want it to be of use in winter as well as summer, I feel like I need to put in a winter option. Okay. Remember, you've got your wild card. Yeah, but I've tried, I've already, I've already done my wild card. Okay. Okay. <laughs> my wild card's in the bag. So, um, well, this is bottles, so I can't have cans in this, can yeah, I? Yeah, you could have you a can. Have can. Cans, yeah, yeah, we'll allow we allow cans. Okay. Oh, you, you you would allow cans at this point. Yeah. Well, why don't I save the save my winter option for my wild card then? Okay. And so, um, and this 
represents really for me a kind of a change in my life, which is uh, I'm going to go with cans of neck oil, please. Oh, which I nice. imagine has been chosen a lot. I think I'm not sure we've had cans. We've had it on draft for sure. I think I'm not sure we have really. No, we've talked about it. A we've lot. had gamma ray. I think Nish chose gamma ray for last summer. That was when I got into non-commercial lager, and that's because I was forced. Because basically, I got put... You know that film Four Weddings and a Funeral... Of, of the film Four Weddings... You know Four Weddings and a Funeral, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? Oh, the film, yeah, right. <laughs> I thought, and it's about, like, a group of people, and they all go to the same weddings and that funeral throughout the, that one summer. I basically had this summer where... I went to a series of four-year-olds' birthday parties that was <laughs> hosted by different member, different pair of parents of these all these four-year-olds that were at my daughter's nursery all summer, and they all took on the exact same shape of party as the first. Like it became a kind of almost blueprint. So about once every three weeks, we'd basically go to a different child's four-year-old's birthday party, and it would involve. And there'd be a park, there'd be trestle tables, there'd be the kids would have a, an entertainer, and then there'd also be cans of East London-based lager, and the, uh, neck oil, for instance. And that was all, and it was it was like a kind of halcyon summer of your children playing, but also be able, being able to have a bit of a drink. And so I got into neck oil through that, and that's kind of associated with that summer for me. So that's why I've chosen it from a can as well. Yeah, I think it works well in a can neck oil. Uh, I don't mind it. I've had to cut back myself because uh, it... Uh, you have some side effects. Well, it's almost like a kind of stun grenade in the guts. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, yeah, I love it on draft. It really is. It's a, it's just a great oil. <laughs> it's up there with chili oil, isn't it? Really. Yeah. <laughs> so so far in Josh's summer pub, we have Peroni on draft, Brothers Pear Cider in cardboard pint glasses to be taken back to a tent, Whispering Angel Rosé and cans of neck oil. What an extraordinarily beautiful sun-kissed pub this is! But now, folks, we head over to the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz with the lovely Robin. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down, it's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger, that wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey have been deducted five points. Thanks, John. Welcome to this week's Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. No phones, no Googling. Just pure fun. As usual, I'll ask three questions and provide the answers in part two. Um, This week's quiz, we all like films, but do we like the years they came out in? (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, God. Just to be clear, in this quiz, I'll give you a film and you have to... Do you cover the film Four Weddings and a Funeral? (laughs) No, I don't. But I think it's 94, but I don't know. yeah. Um, I'll give you a film and you have to tell me the year in which it was released. I've got to say thanks to Alex McNutt of the Tiger Tavern in Tunbridge Wells, who emailed me with loads of brilliant suggestions for um, pub quiz rounds, including this one. But he also suggested one, which I will do one week, which is 
you, you give a title and you have to say whether it's a Smiths song or an episode of Keeping Up Appearances. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to doing that one in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, thanks, Alex, for that. Is there a worry that the uh, someone will be... Because I, I feel like I know all of the Smiths songs. Yeah, it's Smiths and Solo Morrissey. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Is there do, a worry do, someone will know all the episodes of Keeping Up Appearances? <laughs> yeah, I think that's less likely. <laughs> but yeah... I mean, we could do a couple now if you want, or sh- I'll just give you a couple. A couple. Shame is the name. Shane is the name. Shame is the name. Oh, shame is the name. Oh, one for one for John there. Um, <laughs> I reckon that's uh, keeping up appearances. No, that's Morrissey. Is oh. it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Should be. Sorry, that's such a stupid guess on my part. Problems with relatives. Oh, oh, that's a really good... But that's keeping up appearances. It is, yeah. It It would be a great Morrissey song. (laughs) Anyway, let's go on to the quiz proper here. (laughs) We could keep going with that all day. But um, the first one is Shaun of the Dead. Question one is Shaun of the Dead. Oh, oh, that's great. Shaun of the Dead. Okay, question two is Oliver, exclamation mark, the film of the Lionel Bart musical. Oliver. And number three is Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. So, Shaun of the Dead, Oliver, exclamation mark, and Apocalypse Now. Oh, great quiz, Robin. Thank you very much for that. Folks, you can join us back in part two, where we furnish the rest of Josh Widdicombe's dream pub. We will leave you on those film year release tenterhooks. But just a reminder to head over to themoonunderpod.com to find out how you can support this wonderful establishment uh, with your own fair-earned brass. But we will see you back very shortly. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 